Good afternoon. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And, and I get to explain exactly why Jane is giggling as she oh, says Oh, but, but I have to say what well, we're doing. I will explain it. Oh. We're doing Revelation 14 today. Yeah. And there are a grand total of 20 verses in Revelation 14. Oh. And Jane just realized, after we've been talking for quite some time, that uh, we have gone through Revelation 7, a third of the way through, and she forgot to start the recording. Yeah, and I talked so, about... So we're going to start all over oh, again. Wait, i got to give the title. Yeah, okay. The Lamb, the 144,000, and the Harvest Time. And just so it probably won't come up again, the, the last recording that was not a recording, I even got to mention Jack and the Beanstalk. And I oh. probably won't this time. So I'm yes, sorry. Bunny you missed trails, it. Bunny trails galore. You missed it. it. But this will be good too. Darn it. I just, ah. Uh, the reason why I looked, I looked over to see, you know, how long it was going because we try to keep them around a half hour or whatever. They've been going and, zero so far. Yeah, and it said zero, 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 zero. And I was like, oh, boogers. we got to start all over. Yes. So I'm. Oh, boogers. Yeah, okay. Jane's going to read it from the message as she always does because she loves that translation. And I love to read out loud, so you're indulging me. Yes. And Shannon's indulging me. And so she I. She loves to read out loud, and I like to take things in bites and chew them. So we'll both do our share. You take off first. I get to bite and chew, too. Okay. 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 Let's go to Revelation 14. Thank you very much. And I'm going to read it. Here it is. And notice how I put feeling into it. It's like my way of that, acting. That's not her reading. That's her just being dramatic for no reason. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I did that. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Revelation 14. I saw. <laughs> Let's start all over. I saw. It took my breath away. The lamb standing on Mount Zion. I gotta start all over because I just said that about the. Don't notice me. Just let me read. Here we go. I married 30, 30 years to her. You know what I'm doing right now? He's laughing at me. No, I'm just sitting here because I've been through it before. Take a deep <gasps> breath and start again. Okay, here we, go. here we go. I saw. It took my breath away. The lamb standing on Mount Zion. 144,000 standing there with him, his name and the name of his father inscribed on their foreheads. And I heard a voice out of heaven to sound like rapids, like the crash of thunder. And then I heard music, harp music, and the harpist singing a new song before the throne and the four animals and the elders. Only the 144,000 could learn to sing the song. They were bought from earth, lived without compromise, virgin fresh before God. Wherever the lamb went, they followed. They were bought from humankind, first fruits of the harvest for God and the lamb. Not a false word in their mouths, a perfect offering. I saw another angel soaring in middle heaven. He had an eternal message to preach to all who are still on earth, every nation and tribe, every tongue and people. He preached in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory. His hour of judgment has come. Worship the maker of heaven and earth, salt sea and fresh water. A second angel followed, calling out, Ruined! Ruined! Great Babylon! Ruined! She made all the nations drunk on the wine of her whoring. A third angel followed, shouting, warning, If anyone worships the beast and its image, and takes the mark on forehead or hand, that person will drink the wine of God's wrath, prepared unmixed in his chalice of anger, and suffer torment from fire and brimstone in the presence of holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb, Smoke from their torment will rise age after age. 
No respite for those who worship the beast in its image, who take the mark of its name. Meanwhile, the saints stand passionately patient, keeping God's commands, staying faithful to Jesus. I heard a voice out of heaven, write this, Blessed are those who die in the Master from now on. How blessed to die that way. Yes, says the Spirit. And blessed rest from their hard, hard work. None of what they've done is wasted. God blesses them for it all in the end. I looked up. I caught my breath. A white cloud and one like the Son of Man sitting on it. He wore a gold crown and held a sharp sickle. Another angel came out of the temple, shouting to the cloud enthroned, Swing your sickle and reap. It's harvest time. Earth's harvest is ripe for weeping. Reaping. The cloud enthroned gave a mighty sweep of his sickle, began harvesting earth in a stroke. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven. He also had a sharp sickle. Yet another angel, the one in charge of tending the fire, came from the altar. He thundered to the angel who held the sharp sickle. Swing your sharp sickle. Harvest earth's vineyard. The grapes are bursting with ripeness. The angel swung his sickle, harvested earth's vintage, and heaved it into the winepress, the giant winepress of God's wrath. The winepress was outside the city. As the vintage was trodden, blood poured from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle, a river of blood for 200 miles. I want to share that if you uh, forgot what Revelation 13 was about, if you are depending on us to be like right on time, obviously it was 20 days ago that we had our last podcast on Revelation 13. It was talking about uh, the the beast, the Antichrist. Satan was sounded like he was winning. Um, it talked about you have to take the mark of the beast to buy or sell. Well, from Enduring Word, this is website. It's they say Revelation 14 is the perfect answer to Revelation 13. At the end of Revelation 13, it almost seemed like Satan and the Antichrist might win. But Revelation 14 shows who is really triumphant, powerful, and in control. God, his Messiah, and his people. Not Satan, his Messiah, the Antichrist, and his followers. Well, Amen. that sounds familiar to what I just said a few minutes ago before we started reporting. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> we also have to remember, as we go into Revelation 14, when we look at Revelation, um, this is during the kind of the, the parenthetical time in, in the timeline. There's right. a break. We get the trumpets and all that kind of stuff. We get this break in between. The other thing, so this is not in linear time. This is the end of the tribulation we're talking about in 14, and you'll see that as we get towards the end. Right. But also, we have to remember that there are two different visions that, that uh, John has given. That mm-hmm. is the vision of what's going on in the earth and the vision of what's going on in heaven. This is what's going on in heaven. 13 was the earth. Right. You saw the beast. You saw that stuff rising. And now we have heaven. So he, he starts off by saying, Behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000. Mount Zion, of course, referencing Jerusalem. Well, wait. And it's interesting because they have his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Okay, so you say, but wouldn't that be on the earth because of Mount Zion? Not necessarily. There's a new Jerusalem. Yeah, but it hasn't come down. Well, it hasn't come down yet. Uh, Okay. 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 (laughs) Uh, All right, so that's what I'm saying because... We've got the four living creatures, we've got the elders, we've got all that stuff that's all in the heaven, heavenly realm that he's seen. Right, And they're right. present here. Yeah. So I, I'm, that's why I'm saying this is from a heavenly view again. Perspective yes. why. Right. We have to know time when you place the time of this of this uh, chapter, chapter 14, is the end of tribulation, because it's the end of the end here. Right. And place, this is the heavenly version. Okay, They do show 
some earthly views, but I think the earthly view is from the heavenly perspective. So, so here we go. Um, the 144,000 has the name of his father and his name on their forehead. So it's got G- the name of Jesus and the name of the Father, which I think mm. is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've read a lot of different things from different perspectives and different uh, um, commentaries about this. There are some who like to think that the 144,000 of 14 is different than the 144,000 of 7. Yeah, but that doesn't Because the 144,000 of chapter 7 have some specific qualifiers of who they are. Right. They're from the 12 tribes of Israel. Yes. And... Uh, Anything in denominations of, of 12 is a governmental number of completeness. Yes. So 144,000 is 12 times 12, mm-hmm. you know, or 12,000 times 12,000. So 12,000 times 12, excuse me, yeah. would be that 144,000. But uh, the only other difference is it says his name and his father's name. So would you go to Revelation 7, please? Yes, I'm right there. Would you read about the 144,000 in Revelation oh. 7 for us? Yes, and we are being recorded. Isn't that good? You just double-checked, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. And I heard the number... Wait. I'll just start where you... Uh, do, I'm going to start in three. 144,000. Yeah, it'll, yeah, right before. Do, saying, there's an angel who says, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. 12,000 from the tribe of Judah were sealed, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. Okay, so that's that's the description we have of the original 144,007. Right. Now in 14, when it comes in, all it says, 144,000 and his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Well, you just said, what happened to the 144,000? They were sealed mm-hmm. with the Father's name. Yes. Okay. So this is at the beginning, towards the beginning of Revelation. Right. And now we are at the end of the tribulation. So we are looking at the 144,000. Mm-hmm. I don't personally think they're different. I don't either. I think there's there's a specificity in saying the word 144,000. And I think it would be um, disingenuous of us to try and put something else on there. A lot of people want to put this as Christians here. Nah. Right? It was Jewish back then, but Christians now. I, I, I don't see that. No. But I, what I do see here is that these people are followers of Christ. Yes. Because it, it continues on their description later on. Well, the ones. So they have the name of yeah. his name and his father's name. Yes. So. Um, I think it's the same people. The name of the Lamb and his father's name. Mm-hmm. So. I just want to put that to bed right off the bat because that's one of the things that there seems to be a lot of contention about. And I don't know for sure. I am not any kind of Bible authority in any way, shape, or form. I'm just giving you my opinion when I look at it. I don't think there's enough differentiation for us to say that this is a separate 144,000. No, I don't think so. But what we do see is the victory of this 144,000. And that is coming up, even though Jane preempted me a little. I did? Yes. So in chapter, or verse 2, it says, And I heard a voice from heaven, like the roar of many waters, and and like the sound of thunder. Mm. Okay. So we heard a voice, like like the roar of waters, and the sound of thunder. Mm -hmm. God's voice is described as the sound of thunder often. So the roar of many waters, if you've ever been around... The big waterfalls or something like that. Oh, that is loud. You can't hear because of the noise. Do you remember? Shannon and I, on our honeymoon, went to Niagara Falls. It was really, really loud. Okay. But I don't remember it that much. I just remember it was really loud. 
Okay, so now we're, we're going to the second no half of two. No comment. I remember that. The thought came to my mind, but I'll just leave it there. Okay. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the challenge that I have as an English teacher again. Mm-hmm. It says, the voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne. So, and before the, the four living creatures and before the elders. Mm-hmm. The voice I heard, singular, was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. Okay. So, the voice I heard was like something. But then it says in verse 3, and they were singing a new song. So, it's interesting. The voice is singular in the first clause. The second clause says, and they, which is plural. Okay. Were singing a new song before the living creatures. Later in that same verse, though, it says... No one could learn that song except the 144,000. Right, but this is when they first hear the song before the 144,000 learn it. Uh, what, I heard a voice oh, okay. singing a, a new song. I think I you're just, making I, it too complicated. I'm not, well, maybe I'm it's gonna taking be that a little bit, but it's interesting because yeah. we have earlier descriptions of the elders holding harps. We have a lot of singing, the four living creatures. We have a lot of praising going on, a lot of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. This is a brand new song. We get that out of there, singing a new song. Yeah. And no one, uh, end of three says, no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. So these 144,000, these redeemed are special in so many ways. Mm -hmm. We're about to get into that. But one of the ways is that there is a song in heaven that no one can learn but them. Right. There's a specific song of praise for them. That's, That's awesome. And we get to listen to them. We get to listen. Because right. we aren't part of that. Verse 4. Mm-hmm. Okay, verse four. Now, verse 4 starts describing this 144,000 a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. At first, all that said was, first, uh, they had the name of the Son and the Father on their head. And then they could, they're the only ones that could learn the song. They've been, they were, it says, who had been redeemed from the earth. Okay? And it says, and it is these, starting verse 4, it is these who have not defiled themselves with women for their virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever it goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. Wow. Now I'm, I'm reading an uh, English Standard Version, which is slightly different than one James reading, but it's the same words, just, just so it may sound a little bit different than what she initially read. We're just using right. different translations. Right. Okay, so. You know um, what I think about? What do you think about? Oh, no. How do, do you think like it was tattooed on the foreheads? Thunder. Jesus and God. Of rabbits. No, no, no. But I mean, don't you think of a wonder? How is it on their foreheads? Did he just take his God finger and write it like he did with the Ten Commandments on the two tablets of stone? Or do you think maybe it just appeared with like blood vessels? I guess we won't know until then. I guess not. And it's. The blood vessel thing's a little odd. Okay, let's go back okay. to the... But anyway, there's the mark of the beast, and there's the mark of God. They have the mark of God. Yes, praise God. I'm going to have um, the mark of God. And then it says, um, not defile themselves with women for their virgins. Uh, there's various Bible commentaries talking about that particular part of the verse, mm-hmm. or that particular verse within this. Um, were they physical virgins, or are they spiritual virgins? Because um, the... Every description that we have had of mm-hmm. the beast and all that kind of stuff talks about the, the great whore, the great prostitute, the whore of Babylon, all that kind of stuff going on, and the the infidelity, 
mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and worshiping something other than your first love and all mm-hmm. of those things, the adultery of it all. That, I mean, that does make sense. It could be spiritual virgins. But they could also be physical virgins. We don't know. If they're but physical virgins, they have to be also spiritual virgins. Of course. Virgins. So, yeah, we won't What I love them. is the second part of 4 where it says, is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. That is a long trail of people behind you. Well, the concept of following the Lamb, I think, of someone who has never deviated from walking in the footsteps of Christ, never deviating deviating from where he leads, they yeah. always follow. Yeah. And at, in the end of 5, it says they are blameless. Yeah, that's amazing. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and Lamb. Okay, first time around, we had quite a discussion on first fruits, so we better add that in. Okay, here first it goes. First fruits. First fruits. First, I mentioned last time, was the first kind I thought of Adam, not Adam, but his sons, Cain and Abel. If you remember, if you go back to Genesis, Cain and Abel brought their their offerings to God, and Cain's was rejected because he just brought any old fruit or you know harvest. He didn't bring the very best, and the first fruits are the very best of what we have to offer. That's like if you think about tithing, giving to the church, giving to God. Um, whatever you give to God should come from the very top of what before you pay bills, before you. Whatever, you give to God first. You give and your however, very best. However you give is up to you and however, yeah, you, right. however whatever God leads There's you There's no legalistic. But the concept, yes. the concept we're talking about here is that that should be your first thought. Is that praise of God, that honoring of God of anything you have, you give the first fruits. Yeah. That was the concept of the first fruits of the harvest. The harvest was provided for you by God. And you mm-hmm. take the very best of it and you give, and you give it back to God. Um, the other interesting thing about first fruits as as the perfect offering to God, if these are the first fruits, these are the first fruits of humanity. Well, redeemed for mankind as first fruit, fruits for God and the Lamb. These are the cream of the crop. I kind of, of think humanity. yes, they are. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think also that the first fruits of the Jewish messianic Messianic believers, Jewish believers, Jewish Christians, yeah. uh, and it could at be the it end, says from mankind. Oh well, that's true. It does say from mankind, so it doesn't specify, but um, it does say in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. Okay, and I'm going to. And that hasn't really happened. No. Before, we have someone who is 100% sold out for Christ, always followed in him, never deviated, never looked to anyone other than Jesus. the bridegroom himself. That's amazing. And no lies. Completely blameless. This is the cream of the crop here. Yes. And these are the ones who are given that. And well, that is a, that's an amazing thing. I already know I'm not part of them, even if it was just spiritual virgins, because, of course, I'm not a physical virgin. I've had children with Shannon. But uh, I had asked for forgiveness twice yesterday, so I sinned. I sinned. I'm a sinner. Oh, it was terrible. I didn't tell Shannon about some jars I ordered for canning. I, and she was convicted by the Spirit to, to confess not, that to me, even though... He wouldn't have cared. I'm not really surprised when she orders things that she doesn't tell me about, because I side pick up the mail, Yeah, I mean, and I don't necessarily always... But And I knew he wouldn't have cared, there. but the problem was, was that I hid it from him by not saying anything, and that was the sin. But I want to bring up... Um, yeah, so see, I sin. I'm not one of those 144,000 people. So, I'm not either. Oh, well, that, that's an yeah, issue. he's not We're either. Not I'm that. telling you that. We're not talking that. Okay, Second Thessalonians 2, no, yeah, 2, 13. Now, I went, first fruits is in this, and I did a little research since okay. when I forgot to record. Yep. So, But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. 
Now, I wondered the last time when we didn't record accidentally, um, I wondered what the Thessalonian church was, and it was actually mainly Gentile. So, uh, so God chose no correlation. There, no, necessarily. God chose you as the first fruits. So it was God choosing the first fruits, not us. And so I see Christ, people who believe in Jesus Christ, whether you're Jewish or Christian, you know, Messianic Jew, uh, Christians, that we are God's first fruit, His very best. He gives back to the He gives to the world. He puts us in the world to to for a harvest. And I agree does that make that. sense? I it does. Know. It does to an extent. And if okay. you take it um, slightly in another spin here, yeah, um, from an idea. agricultural perspective, yes, back when we were still saving seed and we're buying seed, you would only take seed from the very best, yeah, to replant for the next harvest. You would only take the best. You would not take just any seed, right? Because if you go out to any field right now and you go through it plant by plant, you will find some really great plants and some that are a little less and some that are way less. Yeah. So you don't just grab a handful of, of whatever's in the bag and call it seed. You would pick the very best. But the purpose of that was reproduction. Yeah. It was to reproduce. So you take the you take the, the first fruits and replant them. Mm-hmm. To That's double down and it gets and then you more, keep getting better. Theoretically, again from the agricultural perspective, theoretically what you're doing is improving the quality of everything and your your ultimate goal is to make everything as good as the best. And, of course, so, farmers can't do that anymore because the big-name companies, chemical companies, have copyrighted everything, and that's a whole other thing. Did and you hear the thunder of rabbit herds? Oh. Okay. Okay, so So we're going to continue on into six, then. We're only in six? Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on, on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. Okay, six is interesting, and, and I, I found a couple of kind of funny things here. Uh, in the 1800s, uh, there was one person who said that that angel in Revelation was the British Bible printing company who was dis- distributing the Bible. In the 1700s, someone said that was John Wycliffe who was translating the Bible. Great things all the way around, but I don't think it's any of those things. And I certainly don't think, like one televangelism channel has right now, they have a satellite up to broadcast themselves, and they call themselves Angel One. The satellite is named Angel One oh, because they nice. think that's broadcasting throughout to all the tribes and nations. No, this is just. But I think an what's angel. specific about this: every nation and tribe goes back to Matthew twenty-four. Right. We go to Matthew twenty-four fourteen. Jesus says, "And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Hmm. And then the end will come." So, so that angel's probably, if there is any that didn't get to hear it. He'll make sure everyone gets to hear it. Well, it's a fulfillment of prophecy, and right. it's, it's the absolutism of, here it is. Yeah. But here's the gospel that that angel gives. Starting in verse 7, it says, And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Yeah. So that's not the gospel we're used to hearing. Right. It's a continuation of the gospel that we hear, it's, it doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change anything except for the fact that he says, because the hour of his judgment has come. Yeah. The gospel we normally hear is that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All of those are, all of those gospels are, when we, when we speak that way, we're talking about the hope of Christ. Right. This one says... 
the hour of his judgment has come. Yeah. Give, uh, you know. Um, it's judgment time. It is judgment time. And, okay. And it talks about um, give glory to God. Well, there are also many passages in the Bible that says every knee will bow. Yeah. You know, Jesus said even the stones will cry out. So, you know, give glory to God. This is the end. Right. This is it. So, so let me do eight. Okay. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Which is interesting, because you go back to that description, we had 144,000. Yeah. She made all the nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Yeah. And they were virgins. So again, right. it could be. There's some, right. Yeah, there's some correlation. And here it says, and Dorian Word says, prophetically, Babylon sometimes refers to a literal city, Sometimes to a religious system, sometimes to a political system, all stemming from the evil character of historic Babylon. Part of me thinks it's America, if well, we're still around. Some people think it's uh, Roman Catholicism. Oh, that I'm is. not worried about that right now. No. I'm, not I'm not worried about any of it right now. But okay. Again, in verse 8, then, we have a completion of what it says in, uh, in verse 4. Right. They have not been defiled. But we also have a completion of the questions that were brought up in 13 that Jane mentioned at the very beginning. Yes. That in 13, um, it says that the beast was given the power to to uh, make war and overcome the saints. Yep. However, he does not overcome all because there's 144,000 pulled out in the end. Yep. So while he is allowed to make war, he's, he's not allowed to be ultimately victorious, mm -hmm. obviously. And here we come with the end, as it says. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting as we as we go through this to, to go back and forth. And that's what I think is so beautiful about the Bible is there's so much depth here that it gives us a chance to seek it out. So yeah. the first angel said, give glory to God, the end has come. The second one says, Babylon's those of fallen. you that thought you were in charge, you have fallen. Right. Okay. And she who made all nations drink the wine. Yeah. So we had, uh, the first one says, to every nation and tribe and language and people. So everyone who has uh, drunk the wine, everybody who's drunk the Kool-Aid of, of the, world system. the Antichrist, yeah. uh, also gets to hear this. Yeah. I think that's terribly, that's just compelling to me. Yeah. All right, and verse 9 says, And another angel, so a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. Oh, and then read so, eleven too. Oh, okay. And eleven says, and the smoke of the torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. These worshippers of the beast in its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. All right, if you need a warning about not receiving the Mark, mark, there you go. But the, the other thing that it says here, anyone who worships the beast in its image and receives the mark, this is someone who intentionally, with forethought, took the mark. takes the mark. This is someone who intentionally turned away from God. This is someone who knows and chose. So it's, not, and chose. it's not someone who accidentally did this. No, you, can, you will not be able to accidentally take the mark. It's going to be so clear. I did read also, and I don't. maybe it was on Enduring... I don't know where it was in during world word, but it'll it'll be similar to uh, when people would take a little bit of whatever and and pretend to worship 
Caesar, even though they really weren't worshiping Caesar. They're just they're just going through the motions. So someone might take a mark and really not take the beast and all of that that serious. Like they don't feel like they worship him. But it doesn't matter if you're like if you take the mark, that's it. So don't take that darn mark. You know you'll know it's the mark of the beast. And you know it might be. You won't be able to buy your, well. You won't be able to buy or sell food without it. So I guess you're going to have to scrounge around. But that's no a whole. Yeah, the, the point is that no one is going to casually do this. No, you can't casually get that. So right. Um, and then oh, then in twelve it says, and this is just a reminder. Okay. Here's a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Before that, I'd like to back up a little bit. Yeah, no, I just didn't want to get so long. You just jumped in there. Okay, oh, yeah. the cup of his, the wine of the wrath of God is what is mentioned there. Yeah. Okay, so it's a second verse, or second mention of wine right. in this chapter. The first one, the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, yeah. will, res- will result in, will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into his cup of anger, which, um, so a very interesting thing here, and this was also an enduring word, by the way. Oh. Um, there are two words in Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, that common words for God's anger in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. The one is only used 11 times, and 10 of those 11 times are in Revelation. Ah. Usually God's anger is um, righteousness, indignation, uh-huh. the cup of his indignation sort of thing. Yeah. This is not what this is. What is this? This, this uh, thymos, the word that's used here, is passionate anger. Oh. God's had enough. But in the... In, in the book of Re- Revelation, this is the ultimate wrath of God. Yeah. The all-consuming, never-ending, and non-revocable wrath this of God. That's, God why, that's why it says... Wreaking vengeance upon... And that's why it says the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day yeah. or night. Oh. So... Turn to Jesus. This is, and this is, this is the beast. Yeah. But in 12, like Jane said... Here is a call for the endurance of the saints. So this is John's commentary. Right. It's not because everything else that was said by the angel is in quotations. Yeah. Verse 12 is not in quotations. So that is John saying, this is a call for endurance of the saints. This is a big reminder. And Endure. Again, I'm not going to go on and on about the rapture, but this is an interesting point to me because that means the saints are alive when the beast is here. So we yeah. have to deal with this. Yes. All right. And then in 13 it says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this. So he's talking to John. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Mm. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. Mm. So again, at this point in time, blessed are those who, who persevere. Right. Perseverance is so important. And it's Even interesting now. to me that John put his commentary before hearing that voice. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Oh, and that, the end of this chapter is about the harvest of the earth. Yep. And, and this is a spiritual harvest. Six verses is all it is. So we're going to go through those. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. No doubt whatsoever, that's Jesus. Yeah, he's the one Like a son of man crown. with a golden crown, that's got to yeah. be him. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of, of the earth is fully ripe. Um, again, the, the words used in Greek here on the fully ripe means mm-hmm. overripe. Ugh. Gone gone too far. It's it's gone so to the point where it's not redeemable. Oh, uh, Imagine yeah. uh, you've 
if you're in an agricultural area at all, you have seen years when it gets really bad or maybe it snows too early and they don't get the corn out of the field. You can't wait until spring to harvest that corn. In the spring, you plow it under because it's worthless. It's, yeah. it's rotted. It's overripe. Yeah. I think it's interesting that another angel comes out from the altar yeah. and says, put in your sickle. Yeah. That's just interesting. That. That's what I thought, too. But it's a, it's a messenger from God. Yeah. That's what angels are. They're messengers. Yeah. These angels are messengers. So he who sat on the cloud, 16, so he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Oh, that is a big sickle. Well, okay. that's, you know, that's what I'm picturing a big sickle, you know. Maybe it's not a... It doesn't have to literally be a sickle, but okay. Okay, okay. Well, you know. That's All right, now this said. is interesting to me. Is 17. Then another angel came out of the temple of heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Yeah, why does he need a sickle too? And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire, and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. Now, this one, it said fully ripe in the first one. Yeah. And it says ripe in this one. That's because there was two different words used. Oh. The first one, mm-hmm. fully ripe, overripe. Overripe. Okay. Beyond, beyond, beyond saving. saving. This is gone. Okay. And this ripe is full of themselves, plump as it can possibly be. The grapes are, and this is the grape of deception, the grape of, of disgust for God, the fullness oh. of themselves. They are as full as they can possibly be. They have taken on the beast. They have taken on Babylon. They are fully voluntarily part of that and it can't get any worse than it is and it's time to get rid of them yeah so the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great wine press of the wrath of god and the wine press was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the wine press as high as a horse's bridle or 1600 stadia or as jane said in hers 200 miles that's a oh that's a Vicious picture there. Um, the horse's bridle, don't you think it'd be about five feet? Um, well, the horse's bridle is probably closer to three feet. Three as to high four as feet, horse's. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the blood was that high. It could splatter that high. Whatever it is, it's not like there's a necessarily I guess I'm thinking horses swimming in blood. But That's what I thought. I know, but it could be a it, flood of blood. But it doesn't necessarily matter. It's it's 200 miles long, which is beyond comprehension. And it's a lot and of blood. blood. Beyond Ugh. comprehension. So. Ugh. It's a very interesting thing, but there's one point I want to bring out. Okay. So the first, in in uh, in 14.14, I looked and behold, a white cloud, there was Jesus with his sickle. Right. The second one says, then another angel came out of the temple in heaven. Oh, yeah. And what I read about that was, that is the... Remember the martyrs saying how long, how long, how long? Yes, yes. Where are they? They're under the altar of God. Under the altar. And so now out of the The temple temple. comes the judgment on the ones that he said, how long long will this Mm -hmm. go on? So these are the the people that murdered the martyrs. These are the people. (gasps) That could be, right. This is the judgment of God satisfying the call of the martyrs saying. Yes. So here it comes. And this is is the. You don't want to be on. The beast side. You really want to be a God side. Well, obviously. I well, mean... In the end, everybody will look back with 2020 vision and see that. Yeah. Um, but, but it's I mean, just even, amazing. Yeah. Um, even now, you don't want to be on the world side. You want to be on God's side. Because, you know, even... I've heard other people say this. That even if we end up finding out that 
what we believed was not true. It is true. But it's always better to live the way Christians are supposed to live. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Then living the world way, which is prideful, boastful, uh, manipulative, uh, always putting yourself first. It's either living for Jesus or have it be full of self. And being full of self gets very tiring. I mean, self is a is not good, you know? Well, it kind of comes back to that philosophical argument is, I believe in Christ, and if I'm wrong, what have I lost? I've just lived a good life. Ah, yeah, there you go. You said a lot if better. You have, if you don't believe in Christ, I was right. What will you lose? That's true. Maybe that, that's so, what I was thinking of. And I, I, I will say also, Yes. like we mentioned, the reason why I read, because you indulge me, and I love to read out loud, and I, I love the message translation, you do have to have other translations too, but anyway. Mm-hmm. But when you read it, you're, you know, I think you do a whole lot better. So maybe. No, 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 no. You're going to read. The, okay. We're not going to change midstream. And, um, chapter know, fourteen but, of Revelation is not the time to change anything. Oh well, right. We'll stick with you and anyway, your giggling reading. We'll start from. We'll stick I sure it. hope we get to fifteen before twenty days a row. But anyway, we do. But it doesn't matter. I think when we get to this, as much as what we do while we're here. And I would highly recommend you open up your own Bible or you load it up on your computer or on your cell phone or whatever it is and look at 14 and look at what it says here because this is a powerful chapter talking about the end of everything. Yeah. And the two sides are so blatant here. Oh, they are. so clear here. And And we're going to continue on to other things farther on. But this this particular chapter... um, Like... After we're done with Revelation, we could have a podcast on Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay. Maybe. I don't know why you want to bring fairy tales into everything of faith. I don't get that, but hey, there it goes. She's been reading. <laughs> that was because. For 24 years, she's been reading to Hawken, and they like to read fairy tales a lot. So she's, yeah, that, the harp, that's because of the talking harp. The golden harp that sings that Jack stole. Yes. Okay, anyway. Okay. Maybe we'll have to do. Something. Fairy tale faith here. I don't know. Oh no, I don't like that title. I don't like that title either. But that's, that's a horrible that's title. That's where you're going with. No, Maybe no, we'll no. do one about Jack and the Beanstalk. I was kidding. I actually. Don't know. Okay. But I do know what we're doing next, and what we're doing next is Revelation 15. We're talking about the seven angels and the seven plagues. And they talk about the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Ooh, that'll be a good one. So come back for Revelation 15, whenever that is, or you could read it yourself. Hopefully, it'll be soon. Or we'll read yeah. it and then come back. Oh, that's a good idea. How cool would that be? Okay. All right. And if you want to be a guest on our podcast, let us know. Okay. And we love you. God loves you. God bless. Amen. Bye.